All right, welcome back to the Everything Property Podcast. We're releasing this episode in May. We're coming up to the end of financial year, which is June 30th. Now, what I wanted to, how I wanted to structure this episode was it's tax time, it's crunch time. Who else better than to bring on Joe Hart and Luke Moylan from Obsidiary Advisory? We're talking to the accountants about what we do and how we can maximize our tax return come tax time around our property. So boys, lads, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on again. Thanks for joining us. We're looking for investor tips and I want the way I want to sort of set it up and, and, and take us from the start, I'm coming up to the end of the financial year. My no tax returns coming up. I own a primary place of residence. I've got some investment properties. How am I approaching you guys and what's, how, how are we doing things? Dave, thanks for having us, by the way. That's all right. Good, <laughs> good to have you back on. Good to be back. back. To back. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Dave Hamilton, property expert, goalkeeper extraordinaire. Oh, for here we go. Here we go. Yeah, talk it up. <laughs> yeah, so you've got some properties. Great. Love that you've got a few. Yeah, Aussies love property. We'll start with your principal place of residence. Um, honestly, don't want to see any of it. Okay. You know, There's nothing. Leave it at home. Renovations. Nah. What about I put a deck on the back? porch or we put a carport on nah, sounds so, like a nice house but yeah <laughs> primarily like ppr yeah. um yeah like literally it's all tax exempt so anything you spend on it or anything like that is exempt. payment interest yeah it all comes out of my pocket yeah so it's yeah so if you make money on the property you don't have to pay tax on it but on the downside you don't get to claim anything against it so mm. Come year end, there's nothing that we need to know. I mean, like if you sell it during the year, then we need to put in your tax return that it was an exempt property. But like, I mean, how often are you going to sell it every year? So basically for a normal year, unless that happens and that we don't need to see anything. That's all right. Okay. Investment property. Some people have one, some people have 10. What's the structure? How am I, how can I do everything in my power to maximize my tax return on my investment properties in terms of coming to, to accountants? You guys, or I'm sure people have their own, but um, if you want to convert after this episode to Obsidian Advisory, <laughs> you're more than welcome to. All right, so how am, I, how am I setting up? How am I approaching you guys? What should I be doing? I mean, yeah, you don't want to miss anything that you're allowed to deduct for investment properties. Personally, like I reckon the easiest way to do that is to have a property manager. Because like they basically pay all your expenses and get all your income for you and they give us like a statement. So they run like a mini accounting ledger for all their clients. Uh, and then they give Good it, ones do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah okay, yeah, exactly. we'll get one on, we'll get one on and we'll, we'll break that down as well. But okay, yeah. so... That, so they should take care of everything for you and basically make sure that you don't miss anything because they should be taking all the incomings and outgoings for your property yeah. except for interest. And, and depreciation mm. schedule. Mm. So it just makes it way easier come year end. Like some people rock up with spreadsheets and like we'll say to them, oh, where's the water bill or, mm. you know what I mean? Like where's your strata bill? Like, and they just haven't even put it in. So if we weren't diligent when we did our job, they would miss out on claiming, mm. you know, thousands yeah. to tens of yeah. thousands sometimes. I yeah. mean, if you're going to do it properly, get a property manager and then all we need is that that statement. Yeah, that ledger. and that then, ledger yeah. plus your loan statements showing the interest that you paid on that loan. Yep. And then if it's a newer property, uh, a depreciation schedule will allow you to get an extra tax deduction. Okay. And how old does the property need to be to be able to get a depreciation schedule? Technically 40 years. But to be honest, you know, you have to pay to get the schedule made. That's $600. So, you know, if it's 39 years old, you're not going to bother, to be honest. Yeah, but, but, but sometimes they do fit out. So say it's like a 40-year-old mm. property, but like, you know, there's aircon in there. Mm. Yep. You can still get, you know, like sort of 
maybe 40 or 50 grand in depreciation deductions just from like new carpet, new kitchen, new fit out, yeah, stuff yeah, like that. So yeah, Renos and stuff like that. So I that mean, probably, that yeah. leads into a, a, a good point that I wanted to cover. The difference between being able to claim renovations versus maintenance. How do we do, how do we differentiate yeah, so between um, the two? It's basically like repairs versus improvements. So okay. if you've got the easiest one, I think I learned this at uni is like, if you've got uh, a place with carpet in there and let's say like, you know, the tap leaks and all the carpet gets wet and like you got to chuck it out because mm. it's getting moldy. If you put floorboards down, that's an improvement. So it's something totally different. So you wouldn't be allowed to claim it. You'd have to put it onto the capital register and depreciate over X amount of years. Whereas if you put new carpet down, that's just a repair because you're repairing something that's been broken. So then you would be able to write that off straight away. Okay, so then that say say uh, we'll use carpet for example. It's cost me three grand to recarpet the entire house. Um, the twenty grand that I get in rent, it then comes off that, and I'm looking at net seventeen thousand. Yeah, amongst the other deductions. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you get to deduct it on income, which is what you're saying. Like, so it's pretty much straight away. Okay. Whereas if, if if you did it on capital, so you spend, let's say you spend three grand on floorboards. Then let's say you depreciate over ten years, you'd be claiming three hundred dollars a year for ten years. So twenty grand rent, three hundred dollars deducted over ten years. So like you'd have nineteen thousand seven hundred each year rather than the seventeen. So like okay. your tax is higher. It just takes longer to write the whole thing off. So that's if it's if it's an improvement, I can still claim it back its depreciation for the for forty years. Yeah, like uh, it depends on the asset. asset. Depends on what it yeah, is. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. I never knew that. I thought it was just if it was a repair, yes. If it was an improvement, no. No, no. What so about aircon? Same thing. So like if your aircon breaks and it's already installed, you get to write off the aircon straight away because it's like a repair, right? Or like you obviously you try and repair it first. If you yeah, repair yeah. It, you I've, I've, I've got one that I know has got a, a, a shitty old one and I'm waiting for the call for it to blow. Yeah. So if I put, say, ducted in. Yeah, that's an improvement. That's yeah, an improvement? Yeah. yeah. Whereas okay, if you replace the old shitty one... With a new shitty one. Yeah, because I guarantee the guy would rock up and be like, oh, that's too shit to repair. You're better off getting a new one. Yeah. But then you'd get to deduct that straight away because like, that's considered a repair because you can't repair it. like it's. Okay, but if, if, it, if it blows and he recommends ducted though, I can't claim that. It's got to be like the split system that it is... Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because ducted would be like an improvement, basically. Okay, and like paint. it's not the exact same, right? Like it's not. Yeah. What about a f- and fresh paint would be the same? Um, It'd be part of the cost of. Yeah. I mean, fresh paint. Like, yeah, you're allowed to paint your house every year. That would be a repair in my mind. Like, they'd be very rare that you'd go and mm. paint your house for no reason. Okay. Yeah. So interesting. I, that's probably fine mm. to so do. So if I come into a, if I buy a place, the carpets are dirt. Let's say I buy a, a rundown house. And I need to, it's a shithole. I need, I need to renovate it to be able to get it up to scratch to be able to rent out. Yeah. How does that play in with all those deductions? I'll give so, that one to Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, super okay. technical. <laughs> so is what, there, is what it, they're looking at is like, there's got to be a link between your expense and your income, right? So if you buy a property and you renovate it and you're not earning income, then you're not, then it becomes an addition to the capital of the like the cost of the capital. So you'd be able to depreciate that renovation part over the life of, you know, of it depreciated, like we spoke yep, about. Yep. But you wouldn't be able to immediately deduct it because you weren't earning accessible income in that time. 
So oh, basically, yeah, good point. So buy yeah. buy the property, rent it out for a year, then do the improvements. Or rent it out and improve it as they're renting it out. Yeah, but no one's gonna. Well, I mean, because yeah, you, you get a shit of rent, right? Like, yeah, like because like uh, so then you would improve it as that tenant moves out, and then you up the rent for the new tenant. Basically, mm. that would be the easiest way to deduct it all at once. Otherwise, as we we're saying, like you can just write it off over. But do I need? I need the. Does the tenant need to be in there when I do the renovation? They need to be in there before you do the renovation. Before, but what about during? Uh, no, no. Yeah, like you could be in between tenants, so you could rent it out for a year, then do it. But if you buy it straight away, this is the golden nugget. So if I buy a rundown shitty house and I renovate it straight away, that cost that renovation. Say it's a ten grand reno. That I'll I'll need to depreciate over X amount of years. Be huge. Yeah, Yeah. However, if I rent it out. As a as a shit box, and then after does it have to be a period or six or twelve months? No. Nah, there's no like yeah. So okay, so six months, it. I get yeah, someone yeah. in there, and then after six months, maybe there's a tenant already in there, and they have things, um, their lease expires. Then after six months, if I go in there and spend the same ten grand, I'm able to claim that back on my tax return. Well, it depends on what you do then. Okay. So it's you still can't if you do improvements, you're still going to be it's going to be capitalized. And depreciated. So you need to replace carpet with new carpet, paint okay, with yeah. new paint, broken aircon with fixed aircon. You yeah. know, in what, like, about, yeah. what about like um, retiling a bathroom or, or repainting a nah, kitchen? No, you're improving it. Yeah, retiling's ah. a bit hard because like, I mean, okay. unless someone's gone in and like chipped all the tiles and stuff. Uh, like, are you repairing? <laughs> are you repairing or are you improving? <laughs> like, we don't have a video podcast for that part. Okay. Okay, so, so maybe part of it? portion of it will yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then say, uh, I'm really thinking this through and using this for myself, but I know a <laughs> lot of people get value for this. So say the part, the kitchen is the, the I repaint the kitchen, I, I replace the handle so it looks newer, redo the bench tops. That's an improvement. But say I can, I've, I've done that before, I can do it for a couple hundred bucks. It probably is not worth claiming it back on depreciation just because of, the amount of money it takes to yeah, set up a depreciation schedule. Yeah, yeah, I mean, a couple hundred bucks, like you'd probably just put in repairs and maintenance. You know what I mean? Like it's a yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you got to be commercial at the end of the day. It can't be yeah too correct. ridiculous on no, this stuff. No, it, but yeah, it, yeah. it, it's it's very interesting to note and be able to know where I can shift that money to, like how I'm going to use it and what sort of strategy to do it. So that's it. so, Dave. When you buy a property and you remove the roof and you add a turret. You're going to be depreciating it, man. Because I know you want to have that fancy house, but if you just put a new roof because the other one is damaged, you're, you're expensing it. Yeah, or even just new tiles because the new tiles, tiles are damaged. Exactly. Yeah, not even a whole new roof. Perfect. So to to bring it back with to the tax time is the best way to maximise it is you've got to have a good accountant. But from that. I bring my consolidated statement from my property manager. I bring a statement from my bank purely just for the interest on that investment loan, yep. yeah. whether it's interest only or in, uh, P&I. What else? And then the depreciation yeah. schedule. Depreciation schedule. And the, that's probably a question for a QS regarding should we have a depreciation schedule? This is how old it is and that kind of stuff. And then you've got, you guys will calculate it off there. Yeah, yeah. I right? reckon. Yeah, just ask them because like... Like they cost like seven hundred and seventy bucks or something, yeah, yeah. to get it. And yep. like the worst one I've ever seen, like as in like it was an old, old, old apartment. Um, they still valued all the, you know, new fit out and aircons mm. and stuff at like forty or fifty grand. So mm. like, 
like on that guy's tax bracket, cash flow wise over the you know ten years that he wrote it off, he gets twenty five grand back. Spends seven hundred, which is mm. deductible as well. Still got twenty five grand cash back. So like, even if it's an old shitty rundown place, um, you know all the fixtures and fittings and stuff inside that have been improved over the years. Like the, mm. I, I still reckon it's worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'd recommend everyone get one. Mm. If you can. Yeah, yeah If you yeah. can. Well, yeah. there's a, that's another episode for a QS to get on here and, and have a chat. What about any tips or tricks, tricks of the trade for for that kind of stuff for you guys in terms of anything that you guys do to, to maximize the return for your clients or anything like that you can think of? No, nah, I reckon outside of those. No, nah, I think it's just yeah. important to that we know what is deductible yeah. for clients. Like the ATO removed deductibility of travel a while back on properties so you know people used to argue they had to drive to brisbane to look at their rental property when you know they were just going on a holiday um so the so the ato cut that out so what about if i saw this i saw this question in a facebook group not too long ago can you claim the travel from the investment property to say, um, I can't believe this guy was asking this, but to fix it. So if I've got to go somewhere to pick no. up, a, no, I can't go into Bunnings and the tolls and the fuel it takes. To get, you can't claim any of it. So pretty much travels out from investment properties. Travels out. Okay, good to know though. Good to know. It was different once upon a time. Perfect. We got anything else? No, I think um, um, it depends think, like, on the we'll type. Probably, probably been talking about like residential properties for mm. a while mm. i guess is there any questions we should cover on like commercial ones you know commercial I mean? property or What's people own it in different structures you know yeah. for example people own uh property in a self-managed super fund yeah. that tax time is going to be different to an individual do they what do they need to do that's different if it, if they own something in the self-managed super fund so that property needs to be valued every year you well, know, we, we prefer, it's preferable yeah. to do it every year. No, you've got to do it every yeah, year yeah. now. Because oh, like, you know, like how they've got the 1.7 mil caps. Like, I don't know how much everyone knows about super, but there's all these new caps that the brilliant Labor Is government brought in. three like, mil cap or something, wasn't it? Now? There's a few different caps. Okay. If you've got different members, but yeah, sorry, that that's a different cap. But the 1.7 is like on pension mode. So like now they've got to value all the assets, including property in there each year to check on the three mil set, like 1.7 mil cap. Yeah, okay, yeah. so you need to, is that, uh, is that, is that valuation tax deductible or the, the bank? We normally do it as like through the software that we use. The yeah, it is, it is tax deductible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And it's only for super funds that you need it done. Yeah. Um, just to be clear yeah. on that as well. But yeah, there's just little things like that. Mm. Yeah. Anything else for a super fund if anyone's got one out there? Uh, or have well, I guess like if people own commercial property, um, they need to understand that they've got to be registered for GST. As a as a person or the the any, whatever any it's bought in, yeah, it's, any entity, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so because the because it's a commercial arrangement, uh, you have to collect GST from the tenant and pay it to the ATO, and then you claim GST credits on anything that has GST credits. Is my property manager doing that, or that's like included in the rent? I don't, I don't it's, know. It is included in the rent. Say, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. They yeah. the property manager won't do the GST for you. Like the, you've still got to get your accountant to submit your BAS. Okay, so he's stuff. going to be yeah. depositing the GST in my account, yeah. and then end of year you guys will have to like or every quarter, depending yeah. on how. Old okay, if I've got that commercial property in my name, do I need to register as a sole like sole trader for GST? Is that ABN, how it works? yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, okay, I never knew that. And same with other entities and stuff. Mm. 
Perfect. And yeah. like, so yeah, there's like a 75 grand like limit when you register for GST normally. But it, as Joe's saying, if you own a commercial property, no limit, you just got to register straight away. Wow. So I guess like if you're running a side business, like, and you're buying a commercial property, you know, there's other stuff. I guess the only other thing on tax with commercial properties is like, there's these small business tax concessions. So like yep. if you sell your business, there's a way of paying basically zero tax on the sale of the business. We love that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay. And there's all these concessions like, but like the thing is if you own a commercial property and lease it from yourself, like that's included as part of the business. So you can sell that and pay zero tax on that as well. Um, Wait, run me through that again. It'd almost be worth like mm. a different episode on that. Okay, yeah, because <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty, um, high, it's, it's pretty involved. Complex, you know what I mean? but, but it yeah. sounds like it's but worth give, it. Give, give the so give like the high level, high level. Let's say on. we own Obsidian Advisory, right? Yep. Um, and if we were sitting in our commercial premises, and Joe and I own that premises, if we sold the business along with the like premises that we're renting, both of them can be tax free. Like wow. as in we pay zero tax on the business plus zero tax on the property. Zero CGT as well. Yeah, zero C- CGT on both. Ooh, yeah, it's yeah. a good little yeah. trick up the sleeve. So it's like, because they're like, they've got to be active assets and there's all mm. this stuff you've got to go through to tick it all off and they've got to be under a certain amount and, la, la, and all this sort of stuff. But like, um, yeah, no, it's a bit of a doozy. So I guess like, probably better would be like if you owned a fish and chip shop, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. Because like then you sell a fish and chip business and you've got a storefront and you mm. own that, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it's a, it's a, big um tax taxing but like you know you got to get the right advisor that knows mm. this sort of stuff otherwise there's heaps that just miss it because they don't understand like that they haven't done their ca and stuff so yeah well i yeah. think i think these days a lot of people looking at commercial property i know like people think it's not because of covid but in other areas because obviously in sydney we all know what the residential prices are doing and in other capital cities and you know that these commercial properties people can buy it the tenant often pays a lot of the running costs you know, so there's advantages there as well, but you just got to be able to make sure you're registered correctly for tax. Okay, good to know. Interesting. Mm. Oh, yeah. perfect. So to sum it up, come tax time, in order to maximise my tax return, especially my investment properties, PPR, forget about it. No, nothing you can claim, even if you chuck the deck on or you went up or out or anything like that. For investment properties, you want to get your your statement from your property manager who should be receiving all your rent and paying all your bills including your um, council rates and all that kind of stuff Uh, what about land tax land tax if you're if you're required to be registered for land like if you're over the threshold yep um then yes they can pay they can pay that as well okay you know a lot of property managers can pay reno costs and all that kind of stuff as well perfect so there's that on the ledger i need a a ledger from my bank with the interest that i've paid on that investment loan so that might be um interest only or p and i obviously not paying or obviously can't claim the principal portion of that and if the property is under 40 years old depreciation schedule it's worth it's worth talking to a QS and regarding the um, whether or not there's stuff that's claimable and whether it's worth doing a depreciation schedule. I get a QS on here to, to sort that out. Commercial property, if you own commercial property, extremely important to be registered from GST regardless of how much money you're pulling in. And what else was on commercial? Just like the super funds. Super funds. They super. have to be valued every year. Yeah, if it's in a super, if it's bought in a super fund, it needs to be valued every year. I think that's about it. Yeah, yeah. I just touch quickly, Dave, yeah. on the PPR side of things. I think it's important that people 
try to structure their debt most tax effectively. You know, a lot of people will have a debt on their PPR and a debt on their investment property. Yeah. And it might be worth like paying down that PPR debt quicker than the other debt because one's deductible, one's not. Mm. So it's just important that people structure that correctly. Good yeah. point. Good there's, golden nugget. If you want to Google mm. it, like there's another, like it's called debt recycling. So it's like basically um, when you're yeah, recycling your debt to make sure that you're always like got deductible debt that's sitting on your books and non-deductible debt, mm. debt that's getting paid off. Perfect. Pay off your PPR, which is your non-deductible debt and keep the investment stuff where you can claim it against your income. Yeah, because like you can redraw on your PPR. Like, so that's what they mean by debt recycling. So you pay off your PPR, then you draw it back out again and then it's deductible debt. It's a bit of a minefield. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah. Sounds like a, another case for another episode. <laughs> oh, perfect, boys. Thanks for jumping on again. I, 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 like to, I love when you just come on. It's huge value. And I'm learning, I'm learning um, a lot just in two podcasts with you. So we'll get you back on. We've had a chat about uh, a couple of other podcasts and structures and little ideas that have come out. So we'll get you back on again. But I want to say thanks again for jumping on. I appreciate your time. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having us again. Yeah, thanks, mate. Appreciate it.